This is Shifting Our Schools episode 160, Shifting PD Praxis, Independent and Interdependent Professional Development. You're listening to the Shifting Our Schools podcast with our host, Jeff Utick. Did you know the Shifting Schools team responds to the requests of listeners like you? The content we share, the questions we ask, the resources we build are inspired by the hundreds of emails, tweets, and Facebook messages we get each month. Do you have a topic or resource you'd love to hear Jeff explore? Head over to our show notes to learn more about ways to be heard. Now, on with the show. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm your host, Jeff Udick. I hope this episode finds you safe and healthy. If you tuned in last week, you know we are right in the middle of our special podcast challenge, Shifting PD Praxis. If you didn't explore last week's episode, which launched the challenge, you may want to start with episode 159 before listening to the rest of this one, as it sets the stage for this episode this week. If you did catch episode 159, I hope you enjoyed the free guide and the reflective template provided in our free newsletter. For those of you wanting to get the whole kit of resources that comes with this challenge, all you need to do is subscribe. It is all free to use and share. Just head to shiftingschools.com and sign up for the newsletter there. While at shiftingschools.com, you can check out the new homepage that gives you access to this entire podcast challenge as it rolls out over the next few weeks. My good friend, Chrissy Hellyer, who runs our website, has done a fantastic job of making the front page a one-stop shop for everything you need for this challenge and to see what else we have going on over at Shifting Schools. Thank you, Chrissy, for your hard work. It's our hope that these episodes help you reframe your practice for that of your educational community so that you can start next academic year out with intentional focus. I always think professional development is done best with at least one other partner, if not a small team. So please consider inviting a peer to join you in undertaking our three-part challenge. And that's really what today's episode is about. I am honored to be able to bring you the voices and perspectives of multiple educators on today's episode. When we talk about shifting any practice in education, listening is always essential and our greatest asset. And I have no doubt that you'll appreciate what fellow educators have to say. Before we listen to one of those perspectives, I have some questions I'd like you to consider or to frame your thinking around as you listen to today's episode. Framing our thinking gives us focus while we learn. So here are some questions to think about. Maybe you want to focus on just one or two of them as you listen further. Here we go. Where do you have the opportunity to make key connections with your own personal learning and that of others at your school or in your community? If your professional development experiences are different than your colleagues, do they still point to a similar vision or mission? When you go to a professional development session, what are you looking for in this opportunity to learn? And how might what you are looking for be similar or dissimilar to those in your community or even those in the same session? 
And lastly, but in my mind, most importantly, is the professional development helping our community grow, helping to build stronger relationships and better team dynamics. A quick reminder that our free reflective template has all these questions. So again, if you are listening and you are not a newsletter subscriber, head over to shiftingschools.com to get all the resources to help you leverage this episode even further. With those questions in mind, let's pause and pivot to the voice of head of school, Kathleen Nagley, and be sure to learn more about her leadership and the work she contributes to leaders everywhere at kathleennagley.com. Here's what Kathleen has to say on the changes she sees in professional development. Professional development is shifting to professional growth, I believe, in schools. So professional development as a concept maybe is more traditional in my mind. A professional development meaning maybe something that is more school-wide, where a trainer comes in for a half day and works with the staff and there's some learnings Um, gained from that, um, working with that trainer, to moving to models which are much more individualized. And this shift that is happening is, is moving very quickly at the moment because for the first time, because of COVID, we have accessibility to very inexpensive training from around the world that can happen on an individual's own schedule. Before we used to send people, you know, on, on planes to a, a three-day training and they would work with colleagues from around the world, now this can happen in other settings. And there are, there are parts of that are, that are highly effective and parts of that that uh, are not as effective because we do gain from being in the same room with others and brainstorming with others. But this, this shift of how we want to support the learner, the educator, and their own learner's edge is, is a change. When I first started teaching, we would have one PD session a year because it was expensive. It's expensive for school districts and schools to run these events. Now, I have individuals in my system who are taking courses with others, sometimes in collaboration with teachers at our school and sometimes not. Uh, some of us are deep diving into subjects that we had never uh, thought about before, and it's a brand new learning, but it, it is providing an interdisciplinary effect on our teaching and learning. We're connecting with others in new ways. And this is the, the great um, change that's happening in schools. And as technology changes, this individualization process uh, will, will continue. The, the struggles for school will be how do we unite this type of training? How do we keep people all on the same page in maybe some of the values or the learnings that we're, we're all trying to catch up on? So I think there's this give and take with this. So how do we provide learning that is enhancing the program of a school and the direction a school is heading in? Um, And so this is often about conversations with an individual educator so that 
we find that we're supporting our efforts towards a, a similar um, goal or strategy for a school. But it's also uh, the, the opportunities that now that teachers have, have are, can be endless. And so how do we provide time for that as well? Because those learnings are important. And normally we would send people on, on trainings where, they get, again, they'd move to another location. And this gives a chance to put all other concerns aside and you could be super focused on what you were learning. So I'm wondering, as a school leader, how do I provide that sort of uh, environment where they're not being interrupted because they're trying to do this at school or after school, at home? Um, there is a benefit to having focused time and focus time uh, is where we can explore our own thoughts and reflect on our learnings. Great learning is is emotionally connected to the learner. So these are the opportunities I seek um, for others and what I'm thinking about in this shift from professional development, in my mind, a school-wide kind of one-size-fits-all to a personalization approach that is often with mentoring and coaching and small groups and um, great thinking with others from around the world. What Kathleen shares there really resonates with me. I absolutely am seeing an increase in the demand for more personalized professional development. And she's right. The pandemic has accelerated the recognition that we can do some really incredible things with personalized professional development. I mean, you're doing one of them right now, taking a podcast challenge. And maybe you were doing this while you were on a walk, or maybe you're commuting, or maybe you're doing the dishes. We at Shifting Schools are getting more and more requests for personalized professional development, both personalized for the mission and vision of the school or district, but also personalized for educators as well. My favorite quote from Kathleen is that professional learning is shifting to professional growth. Professional growth is personalized to the person who is growing. That's why Kathleen's question about focus and time is so important. What are we doing to help one another focus on our own growth? And to have the deep reflective dialogues that see professional development as a pathway for community building. Okay, I want to put a pin in that question for a minute and move to another perspective shared with us. Michelle Bannon is an educator who has learned with us here at Shifting Schools over the past year. Here's what she has to say. Hi, Trish. Hi, Jeff. This is Michelle Bannon from Park Place Middle School. I was asked this really important question. It says, what do schools need to be thinking about as they begin to plan for professional development for the upcoming academic year? I would say that they need to bring in more information about teachers and their well-being. Yes, this whole year has been focused on students and their well-being, their social-emotional learning, but with the shifting schools classes that I went through, all those training things, everything that we did, it was absolutely amazing. I felt more energized coming out of those trainings, out of those meetings, out of those class sessions than I have ever felt on anything that we've ever done through any professional development so far. 
um, being able to take care of ourselves, being able to trust that we are doing the right job, being able to hear it from other people, being able to share ideas and other things with other professionals in our same courses in our same um, subject areas, and then also to share outside of our subject areas to gather new ideas. I think that's the most important thing to be thinking about is, okay, we got through the COVIDs, now let's get through the rest of this. How can we support our teachers? And thinking about their social and emotional well-being is a top high priority, I think, for most school districts. What Michelle shares about the energy and the feeling is really important. And if you ask me why I think Michelle felt our trainings feel that way, I would say she feels that way because our trainings are a community building experience. I never think I'm the smartest person in the room. That's why I'm so intentional about carefully curating a professional development experience where teachers have the resources and the protocols that launch engaging conversations. Learning happens through interactions with others. So what can we do to make engaging conversations more prevalent on campus? How can we see conversations as a mechanism that focuses our teams? Because remember what Kathleen, the head of school, said. The concept of professional development is changing to professional growth. And the number of personalized professional development experiences is only going to continue to be the norm. At Shifting Schools, we say all the time that intentional, Dynamic dialogue is the catalyst for change. And that's why this week's challenge is paired with our free guide, Cultivating and Crafting Coaching Conversations. Whether you have instructional coaches at your school or not, you need mentors who provoke these conversations. And we need school leaders who value the time for small group or partnered discussions. In next week's episode, I'll talk a little more about what we can do to document those conversations. But for this week's challenge, I invite you to look at the free guide and to pick out one, just one of the conversation frameworks and to try it out. This might be with a friend, a peer, or a student. Because here's the thing, and I say this all the time about professional development the professional development happens at your school is only worth as much as the follow-up conversations it generates. If no one continues the discussion after the training or series of trainings is done, well, the journey ends there. The growth ends there. But if we have a school culture that fosters discussion and we have coaches, peers, and leaders who have a repertoire of coaching conversation frameworks then we do have to borrow Kathleen's original framing, professional growth. I want to point you to some research by author Sarah Prestridge in the February 2009 issue of Teacher Development Journal. She points to past research that if and when we want to upskill teachers on emerging ed tech, we need to focus first on pedagogy and not the tech. I don't think that will come as a surprise to any of you. In the rest of her work, she mentions that focusing on pedagogy means we need to have two types of conversations, critical and collegial. Let me quote directly from her findings. Quote, collegial dialogue necessitates the formation of a group or community 
in teacher professional development. Learning communities, teacher networks, or collaboratives provide organized social places for collegial dialogue. If we want to shift practice forward, we have to have loads of conversations together, end quote. Now, this may sound obvious on the surface, but here's why I like to test whether or not collegial conversations are ongoing at a school. Think about any five of your colleagues. For each of the five, what do you think they would name as the most significant obstacle facing educators today? How hard was it for you to guess? Or did you know? Is it really hard for teachers to grow together if they don't discuss, explore, and debate the beliefs critical to their philosophical stance on their role as an educator? How many of you have thought about the needs you want to prioritize for next school year? Educator and previous participant of our workshop, Sandra Munson, shared her thoughts on that question. Have a listen. As I look back over the last 15 months and then switch gears to think about next year, I think it's important that we evaluate and analyze what has worked in the hybrid online setting and figure out just how we carry those things forward. How do we transfer those skills back into the in-person learning? We can't, we can't just drop them, they're, they're too good. But the question is, how and what does that look like and what if we don't have one-to-one technology in the fall? As districts and buildings are planning for next year and what it will look like, in my opinion, I think teachers need three things. One, a deep level understanding of grade level essential standards. We have to be laser focused in student outcomes more than ever before to try and close the learning gap of the last year. Two, we need strategies that we used in the online hybrid world implemented into the classroom with the same impact in the in-person learning atmosphere. Maybe we won't have one-to-one access to Chromebooks all day, every day. So what ways can we collect student thinking, like we did on Jamboard or Padlet, for example? And lastly, we need a menu of strong evidence-based strategies and protocols that can be plopped into lessons. There are so many great effective ideas out there, and we don't need to be spending our time looking for them. So as I think about it, We are in a prime position to make long-lasting changes. We can learn from the global health crisis to come away with the good stuff and make positive changes for our students. Do you know what three priorities your peers have for next year? Do you know what's influenced their priorities? And to be clear, the goal of discussing priorities and their motivating factors is not so that everyone on staff can agree to having the exact same list. Different goals and different motivations can make a staff, can make a team much more dynamic. The power of knowing isn't to conform. The power of knowing is for understanding and for learning from one another. The best baseball team in the country isn't a team of all center fielders. The best team is a team that has a variety of strengths and they have a team culture that values those differences. Educator and school leader John Micton talks about what a team approach in a school context might look like. Let's have a listen. 
as I reflect on a year of uncertainty and ambiguity and all the rich professional development that has been innovated by educators around the world. I think of my own practice here at the International School of Luxembourg with friend and colleague Nancy Scucciarini and the virtual learning loft that we facilitate. We really believe that the heart, the head, and the hands are kind of the key components where you're talking about the heart as the warmth, the connection, the humanity. The head is the cognitive dissonance, the cognitive provocations, and the hands are the authentic, purposeful dilemmas that you engage with where you actually have activities and you're doing something where you feel then you have the toolkit to move forward with the dilemmas. And building on that idea and looking forward, I know that we always look outward to going to places, but I think we should really leverage the inside, the inner aspects of professional development in our own communities through the apprentice program, the idea where you have a first, fifth, and 10-year tenure teacher coming together through an apprentice program, be it coaching or mentoring, but where each one gets an opportunity to share their perspective, learn from each other, and together through a series of dilemmas, be it pedagogic activities or day-to-day -day life as an educator, come together and co-construct understandings and opportunities for innovation. And based on that, have that collegiality. And again, the heart, the head, and the hand, and the apprentice combined, I think, could be really interesting for the future. Before we turn to our final sharing of perspectives this week, I have to thank Moat, our podcast sponsor, who helps to bring you projects and resources like this one for free. If you don't know, Moat is a Chrome extension that allows you to record audio feedback or instructions for students right inside of a Google Doc as a comment in Google Classroom, or you can embed it directly onto a Google Slide. And they just added the ability to add audio to a Google Form. Think about that for a second from an equity lens. You can now have students read a question in a Google form or they can click on the Mo icon and have the question read to them. Mind blowing. In our Shifting Schools workshops, we are big on making sure our collaborative scaffolding builds relationships. When my team leaves one another a Moat message, I love hearing from my colleagues. I love having access to the tone they want to convey, the laughter in their voice. Too often our written messages might be misinterpreted. I use Moat, it makes communication a little more meaningful. And we've heard from teachers and students alike who say that using Moat has supported them in creating relationships with others. If you have already been using Moat with your students, we'd love to hear about your experience on hashtag Shifting Schools on Twitter. As a Shifting Schools listener, you can head over to justmoat.me slash Shifting Schools to receive three extra free months of their unlimited tier, giving you lots of extra features and 90 seconds per voice note. Listeners who have been learning with us in our hybrid learning trainings, you know we love Moat, and we are all so glad you can now try Moat Unlimited and thank them for being a sponsor of Shifting Schools this year. Thank you, Will and the Moat team. Now, our final educator perspective of this episode comes from an educator currently living in Japan. She's also a past webinar presenter from our free webinar series last summer, Georgina Gonzalez. I think what Georgina shares about the need for compassion and connection is the perfect note for us to end with. I guess as teachers, it's very easy to find yourself just wrapped up in your own bubble. Your subject, your classes, your planning, marking, maybe you interact with the other members of your team and of course, like you do all the other responsibilities that you have as a teacher, but 
mainly you are just participating in what's really close to you, right? So for me, professional development is that moment when I can get to see the big picture, where I can see how what I'm doing in my classroom is connected to what others are doing in their classes. And not only that are linked to my grade or my subject, but also like in the other parts of the school. So for me, PD has to be meaningful in that sense, in the sense that it shows me how we are all part of something that's that is the same purpose, that, that, that serves the same purpose. So it's something that I'm expecting to be relevant, to be new, to be exciting, uh, to take me outside of my comfort zone. But at the same time, I want to see that link. I want to see that alignment with what I'm doing. So in that case, when they ask what would be important for us as teachers to get as PD, when we not only get to try lots of different new things, but we like stuck with something and really develop it and nurture it and make it better and implement it to then also discuss the results. I, I think that's when PD just becomes really special. And I mean, the other thing it can be very simple, but I don't know when they also take into consideration which month this PD is, is going to happen at, right? Like sometimes some months are just more difficult and more challenging and we have more responsibilities. So also taking in, into consideration these things, is it the end of the year? Is it at the beginning? Like you want to also kind of like have a rhythm when it comes to PD. You want to see things like being follow up. Like I don't know, sometimes like PD can be just oh, we just had one class on that or we had one session on this other topic and then that was the end of it. No, I want to I wanna see a continuation to it and I want to see how how others are using it and whether, yeah, whether it was followed up or not is something that we also want to wanna know and find out. So I guess is is something that makes me feel connected to the whole school and makes me try new things, but also see how they end up being and, and how they help me and others and, and learning at the end of the day, right? Thanks, Georgina, for that insight and for the reminder that professional development should be community building and that educators often want professional development to take them out of their comfort zone. Remember, growth happens at the edge of discomfort. I look forward to hearing from you, our listeners, our community. So be sure to head over to ShiftingSchools.com to get the guide and reflective template that pairs with this week's episode. If you have insight you want to share with us for a future episode, you can email us a voice memo at info at ShiftingSchools.com. If you don't know how to make or send a voice memo, email us at info at ShiftingSchools.com and we'll walk you through that as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, I'll see you on the network. Thank you for being a part of the hashtag Shifting Schools community. We love when listeners like you weigh in. So head over to our show notes to find ways to share your thoughts. Have a request for a future episode? Jeff and his team love supporting you with the content you need. Shifting Our Schools podcast is a proud production of the Shifting Schools team. Looking for a longer interactive conversation about the ideas shared in this session? 
Contact us at info at shiftingschools.com to find out about our workshops.